And welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, and let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. Glad to have you along here on another edition of the show. And we're going to be talking about a few things. We're going to start off talking about uh, our weekend, Memorial Day yesterday, and a few things coming up. But first, just want to let you know that you can listen to us uh, the different places you can find us. First off, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel and our SoundCloud channel, you can subscribe. And when a new episode is posted, then you get notified. So that way you never miss an episode. On SoundCloud, you can actually download and take the episode with you. If you'd like to listen on demand, you have a favorite podcast platform. Maybe it's uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, whatever it is. You can just search for us, and we're on every major uh, podcast platform, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. And on IGTV, we put the uh, episodes up, the video episodes up there as well. So we're pretty much uh, anywhere and everywhere. And then also on Radio Warp, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com, Mondays and Wednesdays, 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific time on demand. And then also we do live shows Tuesday nights. And as of now, it's 10 p.m. Pacific time, although that could be changing in the near future. So did you enjoy your long weekend? I was able to get out to one of my favorite spots, the beach. And I'm sitting there thinking about the weekend, Memorial Day. Memorial Day is set aside where we remember. We remember those brave men and women that sacrificed, gave the ultimate price their life so that we can be free today. And I was sitting there on the beach wondering just how many people were actually remembering or taking a moment to think about those brave men and women that gave all, gave their life so that we can be free. I know during uh, Major League Baseball at 3 o'clock local time, so whatever time zone you were in, at 3 o'clock or the closest to that, they took a moment and paused and reflected, and that was a nice touch. I know a lot of people had tributes maybe at the seventh inning stretch, God bless America, had some flyovers. But I often wonder, you know, do we really remember? I mean, think of the sacrifice that people made. Think of the things that they gave up. I've got a speech I want to play from Ronald Reagan coming up in a moment that I think really kind of brings it all home for us. But I want to start off by talking about Memorial Day with this. So my father was a lieutenant in the U.S. Army. He went to Vietnam. He was there, I believe, December 67 to September 68. He was awarded a silver star on Valentine's Day, or at least he was awarded a silver star for bravery for his actions on Valentine's Day, February 14th. 1968. And maybe that's a blessing to be able to have a father who was in the military. My grandfather was at Pearl Harbor. And so I've got kind of a a military history in my family. And through the years, I've been able to listen to my father tell stories, tell stories about Vietnam, about the things that they went through, kind of their experiences. But the three biggest names that keep recurring over and over are the three men that he lost. Now he talks about the soldiers that survived as well, but here it's been how many years now, many, many years later since he left Vietnam and the three names, Bruce Dent, Thomas Loback, Charles Rayberger. They were the only three men that he lost 
while he was over there that were under his control, under his command, so to speak. And he talks about them. And every year he writes something. There'll be several times throughout the year that he'll write something on his social media. And uh, he's involved in a lot of different social media groups when it comes to his military background and, and groups that might be uh, similar to his experience over there, whether it be the platoon, whether it be you know the military, maybe be the 5th Infantry, whatever it is. And so sometimes he'll write some things. But every year he writes something on Memorial Day. And a lot of times he remembers. He remembers Bruce Dent, Thomas Loback, and Charles Rayberger, plus the other men that served in his uh, unit. But this is what he had to say here on Memorial Day 2021. This Memorial Day, as we remember the soldiers who died, for those of us who were there, we actually see them today as they were in their youth, alive, so very much alive. Their life, a chorus of passion, determination, and a note of daring, always a note of daring. They were the outpost, the listening post, the tripwire, the point man in defense of this country. Today, the cemetery has something important to say. Death is making a very clear statement. A nation that is not grateful for our soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines who have died in service to this nation does not deserve that service. Have a respectful and meaningful Memorial Day, Stuart Edom. Again, my father, Lieutenant, United States Military, United States Army, December 67 to September 68, he was in country in Vietnam. And I, I guess when I look back at over the years, especially my grandmother, my father's mother, I remember a, uh, a speech given by my cousin when my grandmother passed away about how proud she would be at these military parades and how she'd wear her best pearls to go out and greet the soldiers as they went down the parade and saying how proud she was of them. I think we've lost that. I think we've kind of lost that in this country. Not everybody, but think collectively. Every year there is a uh, big bike rally. I know 2019 was supposed to be the last year for this big D.C. bike rally to honor the fallen soldiers. I think they tried to do it uh, here in 2021, but I don't think it was well received by this administration. And then, of course, our vice president tweets out, have a long, have a nice long weekend and got a lot of blowback and pushback for that, rightfully so. But I think that's where we've come in this country. We've lost that respect. We've lost the memory of those people that gave their lives for us so that we can have the freedoms we have today. I mean, think back over the last year of everything that went on. You think back to the protests, the rioting, the looting. And I was sitting there on the beach, and I was thinking about the different people on the beach and wondering if they were thinking about Memorial Day, maybe someone in their family. I'm not judging, but I'm just thinking, being curious. I'm sitting on the beach, and I'm thinking of, you know, Omaha Beach, Normandy, places where sailors storm the sand. I'm sitting on a nice, beautiful day. The sun is shining, perfect weather, waves rolling in, enjoying my cooler, music. And then thinking of all the turmoil and the lives lost in those sandy surf, the sandy sand, the bloody surf, the bloody sand. Makes you wonder. And then I thought about those protests and those writings that went on last year. Do you think they even thought 
for a moment on Memorial Day about the sacrifice that people made so that they can go out into the streets? If I was a betting man, I'd probably say no. Do you think they thought about the very people that sacrificed their lives so that they could go out and what they would think is burned down buildings were okay? I saw a clip the other day, and I don't want to play it, but I saw it, and it was like someone talking about the right of protesters and looters to take back from places like Gucci when you go riot, these expensive restaurants, Saks or uh, stores, Saks Fifth Avenue, Gucci, whatever. And she was saying that was reparations. But does she not realize the sacrifice that men and women gave so that she could make that kind of statement? I think she's out of touch. And so I'm sitting there thinking about all this and the soldiers that come to mind. And you think about the selfless acts, terms such as service, dedication, sacrifice, honor, selfless, and brotherhood slash sisterhood, that camaraderie, that many years later, I see people on social media that my dad interacts with and some people I interact with as well, some of his uh, fellow soldiers. But then again, the names, Bruce Dent, Thomas Loback, Charles Rayberger, all these years later, not forgotten. And then it brings me to a speech that I heard from Ronald Reagan. I think Ronald Reagan in this speech here pretty much sums it up as well as to just exactly the sacrifice that was given and who these people were. Sometime back I received in the name of our country the bodies of four Marines who had died while on active duty. I said then that there is a special sadness that accompanies the death of a serviceman, for we're never quite good enough to them. Not really, we can't be. Because what they gave us is beyond our powers to repay. And so when a serviceman dies, it's a tear in the fabric, a break in the hole, and all we can do is remember. It is, in a way, an odd thing to honor those who died in defense of our country, in defense of us, in wars far away. The imagination plays a trick. We see these soldiers in our mind as old and wise. We see them as something like the founding fathers, grave and gray-haired. But most of them were boys when they died, and they gave up two lives, the one they were living and the one they would have lived. When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers. They gave up their chance to be revered old men. They gave up everything for our country. For us, we owe them a debt we can never repay. All we can do is remember them and what they did and why they had to be brave for us. They were brave, as Reagan says. They were boys, losing two lives, the lives they were living and the lives that they could have gone on to live. They've lost the opportunity to be revered as old, reverent men. Ever talk to an old veteran? 
something a little different about them. They talk about their experiences in the military, especially those prior to Vietnam, with honor, with dignity, with pride. They're proud of what they've done. Then Vietnam comes along and lo and behold, politics gets involved. Starts to divide. Starts to tear things up. We start looking at soldiers as something less than what they are. We start looking at soldiers who sacrificed, who left to go fight so that we wouldn't have to. We look at them as if they did something wrong. Think about most recently, the wars in the Middle East, the sacrifices that were made because of that. And yet we quickly kind of scoot it under the carpet, sweep it under the rug. We give them a day. And we call it a long weekend. We break out the barbecues, the booze, the bratwursts. We hit the beach, watch some baseball. And that's fine. But like Ronald Reagan said, all we have to do, the only thing we can do is remember. Did we? There were many pictures going around on social media, people remembering soldiers, people remembering Memorial Day. I don't think you really celebrate Memorial Day. I think you observe Memorial Day. I think that's really the key term, but we've turned it into a celebration. But I think we observe Memorial Day. And one of the pictures that really hit home was this picture of this young gal. She had this big blanket. There was a picture blanket, so it looked like she had pictures on the blanket. She had it made. She had her little child in like a carrying car seat. She was in the cemetery, National Cemetery, with all the white crosses, and she was laying on it. Obviously lost her husband, her loved one. And she was just laying there, brokenhearted. And there's others. There's a picture of the uh, Vietnam Memorial, the wall in Washington, D.C. And there was a picture of an old guy with his hand up against the wall, leaning against it. He's in a suit, three-piece suit. Actually, he's got his vest on and his jacket is off and he's holding it and he's got his arm resting his hand. And in the reflection are the men that he lost in Vietnam and they're touching hands. Do we remember? Do we remember everything that was sacrificed so that we can do whatever it is that we're doing today. And then what are we doing with that freedom? What are we doing with those liberties? Are we wasting them away in the name of some cause? Obviously, we've got a great divide in this country. We've got a great divide because politics has divided us. The politicians are dividing us. The freedoms that we enjoy are now being taken away slowly. Because somebody up on Capitol Hill says we can't do that. How many of us lost liberties and freedoms during the pandemic? Religious liberties on top of that. And we're okay with that. But we're only okay with that when the majority, the, the vocal minority that becomes the majority tells us that it's okay. So it's time to protest, riot, and burn down buildings in the name of something. We're going to go do that. But where were all those people in the streets celebrating Memorial Day, 
celebrating and remembering the people that died so that they could take to the streets. It doesn't go both ways. It's just one way. I find that difficult. I find that hard to believe. That here we have the sacrifices made. These people did not voluntarily go to die for you or me. They might have enlisted. They might have voluntarily joined the service, but their intent isn't to go die, but yet they do it. They do it, and you don't even know the names of them, and they don't even know the names of you. And again, I'm amazed that we're only given one day. There's only one day given to remember them. Sure, we have Veterans Day, but Veterans Day is there to remember the soldiers that lived. So two days, Memorial Day and Veterans Day. But yet we sit in June now, and June is Pride Month. We're celebrating the LGBT community for a whole month. Something seems a little off. We're celebrating somebody, a group of people that, if you want to call it a sexual preference, lifestyle, whatever you want to call it, a whole month, really? Why is it a month? Why not just Pride Day? Why do we celebrate a month? I don't understand that. Sure, there's discrimination. Sure, a lot of people have suffered there too. And sure, attention should be drawn to the fact that crimes against anybody is wrong. But is this really a heroic thing? Is it something that we should be celebrating a whole month? We've got movies on TV. Sure, we had some war movies over the weekend. But we're going to have a whole month celebrating artists, celebrating actors. E! True Hollywood Story the other night, I was watching some of it. It was about all the, the transgendered actors and the LGBT actors that have now kind of made it in Hollywood and how they're getting there. But it's Pride Month. A whole month we get to celebrate LGBT community. But yet Memorial Day, we only have one day to remember the fallen soldiers, the people that sacrificed to give us the freedoms that we have so we can have a whole month to celebrate the LGBT community. So LGBT Pride Month, what is it? June is LGBTQ Pride Month, and cities all over the world are celebrating their true colors with fabulous marches and parades. It's a bold festivity, a way to, for a moment, be an unfiltered, unadulterated version of yourself and put the LGBTQ community on full display. Uh, my first experience with Pride was probably when I was 16 years old back in Buffalo, New York. I was uh, on a float. Um, I just came out as gay at that time. Um, and it was, it was such a celebration. It was, it was such a monumental time for me. I was just coming into my queerness, just coming into the culture. Um, it was a huge, huge celebration for me. Many people forget that Pride's inception is directly associated with political unrest and violence against LGBTQ people. Pride is an act of resistance against those same forces that we're still dealing with today. And it's much more necessary than we think. As a black man, as a trans person of color in community, you know, pride definitely means something different for us. We experience racism within the LGBT community. 
There have been times where, you know, there are black and brown people who have been deliberately left out of conversations, left out of organizations and safe spaces that were exclusively for white folks. On June 28, 1969, the Stonewall Inn, a gay bar in downtown Manhattan, became the focal point of the queer revolution. During that era, police raiding gay bars and arresting patrons was a routine affair. But on that hot night in June, the queer community fought back, led by trans women like Marsha P. Johnson, Sylvia Rivera, and Miss Major. In 1970, the first Pride event called the Christopher Street Liberation Day March was organized to commemorate the anniversary of the Stonewall Rebellion. Let's be clear, this was not a parade as we know today. There was no music, no dancing, no glitter. It was a legitimate risk to walk out and march that night, and it was a sign of resistance. LGBT pride has evolved over the decades. You know, it's something that started out as, as a riot. You know, there always, you know, the old saying is that the first pride parade was a riot. Uh, and then we've seen a, a succession of, of issues that we've all had to deal with. By the 80s, most major cities in the U.S. held a pride march, with the celebration soon spreading to various parts of the globe. But because it was the 80s, the LGBTQ community was marching for a much more somber cause. The HIV AIDS stigma hit the globe in the 80s, and same-sex marriage, in most recent memory, is what strikes us today. Pride marches around the nation are rooted in serious activism, even if they seem like a giant party. Well, they are a giant party, so let's just get that clear. It could be activism, but it's a giant party. So LGBT's activism is a giant party celebrating... BLM is an activist, burning things down, protesters, things like that. So what are we doing? We're coming off the celebration of the memory of soldiers, the observance of soldiers that gave their lives, and now we're going into Pride Month. I have no problem with Pride Month. Be who you want to be. But see, that's the problem. Why are we here in this day and age still having to have these specific celebrations? You have Black History Month. You have Asian Heritage Month. You have uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. You have Pride Month. Why do we have to still pull these things out? Doesn't that keep us segregated? Doesn't that keep us separated? When we get to the point of, or when do we get to the point, I guess is the question, when do we get to the point of, okay, everybody's accepted? Because after all, this is what it's all about. It's all about acceptance. And again, we don't want and we don't encourage any type of violence or discrimination. But at what point is it that acceptance or whatever the agenda might be is completed and now you are just another person? They talk about coming out. Oh, I'm coming out to celebrate. Really? Okay. So you're coming out, but it's not a big deal. I mean, maybe to you it is, and maybe you want everybody to throw a party for you, like a gender reveal party, which brings me to the question... If, with the transgender ideology, you've got people that are non-binary, you've got people that are this, you've got people that are that, you've got people that identify not as male nor female, we're doing away with gender, we're doing away with the pronouns, so we've got all this stuff that's gender-related that we're doing away with, why do we still have the LGBT community? Because the LGBT community is based on gender. If you are a lesbian, you have attractions toward people, at least it was attraction toward people of the same sex, you being a woman. If you were gay, you had attraction toward men, if you were a man. If you're trans, you were a woman, now you're a man. If you're a man, now you're a woman. So the whole premise is based on gender. And then we add the 
Q for queer, which I guess includes everybody that's left out of the LGBT. So why are we, there's the contradiction I don't understand. Why are we basing things on gender when we're doing away with gender? And all of this has to do with a sexual preference, an orientation, whatever word you want to use. It comes down to sex, an attraction. Love is love. Why do we make a big deal of it for certain people? Is it because they have a perceived discriminatory um, shortcoming in this country today? I don't think so. I don't really know of too many people that are discriminated against based on their sexual orientation, especially out in the big city in Los Angeles, San Francisco, other places, maybe in smaller towns. I don't know. I haven't seen it in the small towns I've been through. But what is the ultimate end game to this? Why do we have Pride Month? Is it just something to celebrate? And then what's the contribution? You think of something as Memorial Day or as the 4th of July or even Labor Day or Thanksgiving, Valentine's Day. There's a contribution being made. But what's the contribution with Pride Month? Now, you can go celebrate You can go have your Pride Month. You can go do your parties, your parades. You can celebrate. But again, what's the accomplishment? What has been achieved? We just put it out there. Because it seems like, to me, it's something that's more of a selfishly orientated desire to be acknowledged. I'm heterosexual. I don't go around wanting heterosexual month. I don't go around celebrating my heterosexuality. I don't go out and come out, have a coming out party saying, oh, I'm attracted to women. I just don't get it. And gay, lesbian, bi, transgendered, whatever, has probably been around a lot longer than goes back to the ancient days of Greek, the Greeks. And then think about this. What about all those soldiers that were gay? Maybe female soldiers that were lesbian that gave up their lives. You know, we like to think of Memorial Day as World War I, World War II, maybe Vietnam, Korea, you know, some of those wars, maybe going back, Revolutionary War. But what about more modern-day history? You think of Iraq. Think of the Middle East, Afghanistan. I think there was a lot of people that served overseas that gave their lives that were gay, that were bi, that were lesbian, maybe even transgendered, maybe queer. You think about that? So if you're in the LGBT community, are you going to celebrate the memory of those soldiers that gave their lives so that you can have Pride Month? Or is that just dismissed too? Is their sacrifice dismissed? What about those that celebrate black history or maybe Black Lives Matter? What about all those black soldiers that gave their lives so that you can have BLM protesting in the streets? Did you pause and reflect on that, on those soldiers? Or are they like the black police officers and they don't really count? Because how many pictures and video on the news did we see of white people screaming at black police officers in the name of Black Lives Matter? So what is it about? And that's why I don't understand. I don't understand why it is that we get this confused ideology of We're going to celebrate LGBT, which is based on gender, 
But yet we're going to do away with gender and have people that are non-binary and whatever thousands of other things are out there now. We're going to do away with pronouns. We have a whole month for this. But yet, the, but yet the people that were involved in this very community, we're going to forget. And they're the ones that paid the ultimate sacrifice. Because you know there were. Maybe you know some. And watching this E-True Hollywood story, and they're talking about Hollywood. You know, talking about how transgendered actors and LGBT actors and Q actors are starting to get more prominent roles in Hollywood. Okay, that's fine. I have no problem with that. There's acceptance. We don't want to do or have discriminatory behavior going on in Hollywood. But what about other areas of life? What about the rape culture that seems to be buried? What about the sexual harassment, the Me Too? Believe all women, but only if they accuse conservative people. If they accuse the sitting president, then no, that's no, we don't believe them. See, it gets confusing. And why is that? So we're going to spend the next month celebrating Pride Month. Go to your baseball games and you have Pride Month. You'll have your parades. I'm sure West Hollywood, West LA will be a buzz for the next month. But then it's like when you compare it to other things that are going on, it just kind of makes you wonder. So as you're out there celebrating these parades, that's the other thing too. Why is it that you know Memorial Day parades had to get permits and things like that to make it a go, like this bike rally in D.C.? But yet other parades and stuff and protests and things, it doesn't matter. You don't need to go through the proper channels to be accepted. It's just a question for thought. But as you're out there celebrating and having a good time and doing whatever it is that you're doing, are you vaccinated yet? We saw last year all the protests and all the masks came off and people out there and then we had an explosion again that shut us all down. But what about vaccinations? Well, in California, getting motivated. Getting motivated to get vaccinated by bribing you. Lotteries, prizes, money for people who are vaccinated. California recently came out, Governor Newsom came out with a $116.5 million incentive plan. So if you get vaccinated, you go into a lottery. 10 people are going to win $1.5 million. 30 people are going to win $50,000. So if you have not yet been vaccinated, hey, go get vaccinated. Might have a chance at winning the lottery. And if you've already been vaccinated before this was announced, don't worry, you're already in there too. Hopefully. But what is it about this vaccine that is requiring people to throw out these incentives? There's other states that are doing it too. Shouldn't that be of some concern or, or at least red flags or asking questions? Why, why do we need to have people get bribed with lots of money to take a vaccine? Because if you remember the science from early on, 99.4% of the people will survive without any issues. And as more and more things are coming out, news stories and data, starting to realize that the death toll that was being reported. I mean, Project Veritas came out with something. You can do the Google search yourself if it's still up there. 
And a CNN producer actually said they were fudging the numbers for ratings because they felt that the numbers weren't emotional enough. So we had to put more numbers out there. So we don't really know what the true numbers were. And we don't know what the true reason why people actually died. Everyone just put it to COVID. How many people do you know? I know several who had an elderly person. What about all the nursing home deaths? As tragic as it was, COVID was a contributing factor, but was it it the only factor? See, these are things that people don't want to get into because we don't want to know the answers to. What about people that actually had COVID? So we want everybody to be vaccinated, but what if you had it? Aren't you naturally immune? Is there an antibody test that you should go get to see if you're naturally immune if you had it? Because I hear there's some complications with people that if you had the the COVID naturally and then you get the shot, there could be some complications. But why are people bribing you to get the shot? I know there was a lot of businesses that would give you like bonus time off, like was it personal time off? Basically vacation hours if you go get the shot. People giving you free food rides to and from and it makes you wonder you're dealing with a vaccine so supposedly remember when we first heard about it supposedly this was a thing a virus that just nobody knew about it came out a wet market in china a lab in china some other place u.s government did it all these things so the point was we didn't really know where it came from right but now about a year later a little bit more but actually less than a year later when the vaccine first came out, we had a vaccine for something we knew nothing about just a few months ago. It's not FDA approved. FDA gave emergency approval to use it, but it's not FDA approved. So we don't really know what's happening. We don't know. In fact, they're talking about already, they're talking about having to have boosters. Here's uh, Dr. Fauci, everyone's favorite medical guy, talking about uh, the need for booster shots. We are planning for the eventuality that we might need to boost people. We don't know whether we will have to do it and when we will have to do it, but it would really be foolish not to plan for the possibility that we might have to boost people. So we might have to boost people. Do we get bribed for boosting? Do we get money for boosting? Can I get 1.5 million for getting a boost? A booster shot? So we have a vaccine. Not really sure how it's working. But then we've got a booster shot already in the works. And several people already talking about it. So that was Dr. Fauci. So there was another doctor talking about boosters being needed. I think we should expect that we may have to boost. And probably have to boost. Again, no decision. But the current thinking is that certainly those who are more vulnerable may have to go first. So again, we got boosting. People getting vaccinated are still having to wear masks. And that's the other thing too. You think about it, okay, mask versus no mask. We're back to that. So now there's all these incentives for people with vaccinations. Like there's a concert in Florida where if you got vaccinated, you get a $16 ticket. If you're not vaccinated, there's a $1,000 ticket. If you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. But if you're non-vaccinated, you have to wear a mask, which drives home the question, if the people who are vaccinated are pushing the mask mandate, because obviously if you're a pro-masker, you're a pro-vaxxer. If you're not a fan of the mask, you're probably not a fan of the vaccine. So again, you've got a division, a political divide between two people. The health of the people and the health of society isn't at the forefront of this. It's politics, 
We've all learned that. And if you can't admit that, then I think you should just probably excuse yourself from the conversation because you're not seeing rationally what's actually going on. Multiple layers to this. There's the health factor, but the political factor is huge in this. So if you're a vaxxer, you're probably a masker. And that means that now you don't have to wear a mask. But yet you want everybody that wasn't vaccinated to have to wear a mask. Why? You're safe. You got the vaccine. If you got the vaccine, you don't need to worry about other people. You're fine. So if you want the vaccine, get it. If you want your loved ones, get it. Now you're all safe. And let it be a choice of the people. Those that want it, get it. Those that don't, don't. Dr. Fauci was asked on May 11th, along with Dr. Marks and Dr. Wensky, I think was her name. They were the head of three organizations. And a senator asked them about the people in their organization. Have they been vaccinated or how many people in their organizations have been vaccinated? Here were their responses. Um, What percentage of the employees in your institute, your center, or your agency of your employees has been vaccinated? You know, I'm not 100% sure, Senator, but I think it's probably a little bit more than half, probably around 60%. Dr. Marks? I, I can't tell you the exact number, but it, it's probably in the same range. Some people vaccinated at our facility and others at uh, outside of the facility. Dr. Winsky? We're encouraging um, our employees to get vaccinated. We've been doing town halls and education seminars. Um, we have the, Our staff have the option to report their vaccination status, but as you un- understand, the federal government is not requiring it, so we do not know. So they don't know. Fauci throws out a number of 50, maybe 60%, so half. Half don't want it. That's about this country. Then you ask the next guy, Dr. Marks, I don't know, same thing as what he said. I'll take his answer. And then the third gal, Wensky, eh, we did some town hall training and we put it out there. No one knows because there are people out there that don't want it. And if the medical profession is not getting it, that should tell you everything you need to know. Again, if you want it, go get it. If you don't, don't. That's what it should come down to. I know, unfortunately, a couple people that are suffering from severe side effects from the uh, vaccine. I know a lot of people have gotten it and there is no side effects. Although I had COVID and I was fatigued a little bit, lost my sense of taste and smell. And that was pretty much it. No other symptoms. I was okay. I stayed at home. I was away from everybody. Then I went and got tested, went away, and I'm fine. Okay. So I think I'm naturally immune to it. Because that's what science tells me. But there's a lot of people that uh, have gotten vaccinated, even though they may have had it. And they tell me that they're fine. I, I know a lot of people that got vaccinated, and yet they had, like, severe chills. Really, Some said it was the worst thing that ever experienced, which doesn't surprise me because some people had a very bad experience with COVID naturally. And so the first shot was okay, but the second shot was a doozy. Knocked them out for three, four days. Chills, headaches, maybe even some nausea. You know, some of those typical flu-type symptoms that you might get if you were hit with the flu very seriously. But unfortunately, I know a few people that um, have some more severe side effects. Okay, so some severe side effects that are being out there with the blood clots. That was Johnson & Johnson. So you had those blood clot issues. And unfortunately, some people said that they should continue with the uh, Johnson Johnson vaccine, even when they're trying to figure out this clot thing. I think that was pretty unwise. You've got people that uh, have myocarditis, inflammation of the heart, basically a heart attack. I know two people right now 
They got the vaccine. They got the second shot. And the next thing you know, they're having a heart attack. And immunologists have said that it's a result of the vaccine. Okay, it's not criticizing, it's fact. You do your research. You come with your own opinions. I know people that have gotten anaphylaxis. So they've gone in to get the vaccine with their uh, EpiPen in hand because they might have an anaphylaxic reaction to it. Kind of scary. So far, reported by the CDC, nearly 5,000 deaths have occurred from the vaccine. Might not seem a lot compared to the 609,000 people that died of COVID, but 5,000 people dying from a vaccine, that seems pretty, pretty steep for a disease or a virus that 99.4% of the population is going to uh, overcome if you got it. And what about the long-term effects of it? They're unknown. We don't know what the long-term effects of this are going to be because it hasn't been tested. Somebody, a couple shows ago, a few shows ago, talking about this, I had a clip. They said they might not know for another six months how this is all going to work out. They don't know. And so if you've had COVID naturally, are you getting the vaccine? And if so, is that causing problems? All kinds of studies still need to be done. And what about antibody tests? Why don't we have people that had COVID go get the antibody test, and then we can decide whether or not, but they don't want to. Why? Because it comes down to money. Do the research. Dolly Parton, she had a big thing about uh, one of the vaccines, right? Well, she invested or donated, as they say, a million dollars to the cause. So she went and got her vaccine, did a PSA, sang a song. Bill Gates, get the vaccine, get the vaccine. Dr. Fauci, get the vaccine, get the vaccine. We need boosters. Do the research yourself, investigate. Don't just rely on the headline news, but they're all financially invested in this thing. And that's what it comes down to. It comes down to the fact that these people are going to make money off of this. Yeah, there could be some goodwill in there about not wanting to uh, get people and have this COVID thing go on and on and on. So we get vaccinated, we get immunity. But what are we hearing? Variants. Variants that are more severe than the original. Booster shots. It's endless. Because people are making lots of money off this thing. Do this research yourself. Well, it's pharmacy companies, pharmaceutical companies, uh, big pharma, I guess, as they say, was individuals. Find out for yourself. But people are making money on this. I mean, could you imagine back? Okay, so here we have a vaccine and a, a virus that 99.4% of the people are going to be uh, recovering from. But we're bribing people with uh, money and prizes and all kinds of things to get them to get vaccinated. Could you imagine back in the polio days? When the vaccine came out, if you didn't know what polio was, a respiratory disease, and you'd end up in iron lungs, basically, because your lungs stopped working. Could you imagine people needing to have a bribe to get that? No, because they saw the real benefit of the polio vaccine. Get the vaccine or end up in iron lungs. That's what it came down to. Other vaccines, get it or else something bad will happen to you. Here, it's like get it and get a million dollars or chance to win a million dollars. The messaging should tell you everything you need to know. So here's Sue Ellen Browder. I want to play this clip for you. She wrote for Cosmopolitan back in the 60s, and she talks about the use of propaganda and how you get something going. And this was during the women's movement that they used propaganda to help further something. But here's what she has to say about this. Take a listen because it's quite insightful. I'm going to go back just a little bit. Well, no, let me, let me talk to you first about how you sell things to people, because how did I get involved in all this? There, people ask how propaganda works. Propaganda is half-truth, selected truth, and truth out of con- context. 
when you how do you sell pianos? Okay, people say, oh well, you teach you know this piano sounds good. No, 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 no. You sell pianos by selling the music room. You run ad, you run uh, pictures of beautiful music rooms in House Beautiful in Architectural Digest. You sell Middle America on the idea that they need a music room, and then they will just naturally think of a piano. How do you sell fancy clothes, makeup, travel, contraceptions, and abortions to young women? You sell them on the Cosmo lifestyle. And if once they've accepted that Cosmo lifestyle, those other things will just naturally follow. So if you're going to sell a piano, you don't sell a piano. You sell a music room. You sell a lifestyle, a Cosmo lifestyle. Half truth, truth taken out of context. How do you sell a vaccine lifestyle? Get your shot, put pictures up on social media. I got vaccinated. Get your shot and have a chance to win a million point five. million, win some money, get some free food, get cheaper tickets, be able to travel, be able to have 4th of July. You sell a lifestyle. You sell the lifestyle that the vaccine will make all your dreams come true. No one's out there selling the vaccine. Hey, take the shot because you can be healthy. Take the shot because, you know, this is going to keep you from getting sick again. I don't see that narrative anywhere. The narrative I hear is all this other stuff. Win money, win prizes, can do this, can do that, can have 4th of July, can hug people, can go to the movies, can go hang out. It's the vaccine lifestyle. Was the Cosmo lifestyle, now it's the vaccine lifestyle, and that's where we're at. And that's what it's come down to. It's come down to people want to make a boatload of money on this. There might be a little bit of of science in there to help some people out, but we don't know because the vaccine isn't FDA approved, and we don't really know what the future is going to be like, and they're already talking about um, boosters, and they're talking about variants but they're selling the vaccine lifestyle. You get the vaccine, you could be a part of all of this. Join the cool club and get the vaccine. Hey, get the vaccine, otherwise you end up in iron lungs, so it's medically necessary. Big difference. They're selling the Cosmo lifestyle when it comes to this vaccine. And a lot of people are suffering from it. Blood clots, blindness, um, women are having issues. And yet we're pushing it. For what reason? You have to ask the question. Do your own research and find out. And then maybe you too might be able to figure out what's exactly going on. You know, the other thing that's kind of interesting that's been going around as of late is all these UFOs. As if we don't live in a uh, nutty world already. But now all of a sudden the government and a bunch of people are talking about uh, UFOs. So do aliens really exist? Do you think that aliens have ever come to Earth? Um, people say that there's like there's been aliens and they, they implant I forget what it's called, but they've like made um, these fields and they've like produced something on Earth. I think Area 51 could be could be could be possible. It could be real. Uh, you know how there's Area 51 and all that kind of stuff. I reckon they've got technology that they're not bringing out yet. You know. Like, Do you think it's technology that came from aliens? Possibly, they could they could be sharing information and gaining technology from aliens. On YouTube, there seems to be some pretty um, good evidence about it, but I don't know. Some videos of aliens. Yeah, they look convincing. Kinda, yeah. So the Anunnaki apparently were um, beings that came down from heaven, um, 
according to the old Sumerian text. With the wall paintings and stuff and, and um, Sumeria, Sumeria. Okay, so people have been talking about aliens probably going back forever, but Roswell, New Mexico was probably the biggest one, the b- biggest incident that people refer to as to proof there were aliens. Uh, I think it was um, a project by the U.S. government. It turned out to be, at least this is the latest thing, as after declassified information. Roswell wasn't aliens, and it wasn't a spaceship, but what it was, it was a military experiment, uh, top secret, where they had these big hot air balloons, helium-type balloons with microphones, listening devices that they were going to send over Russia to try to hear sound waves to monitor Russia and their military movements, high-tech for the 1940s. But so do uh, aliens exist. That's the big thing. We see all these people on UFOs on TV, military people confirming UFOs. Okay. Well, UFO is nothing more than an unidentified flying object. My neighbor could chuck something in the air and I could be, oh, what's that? It's unidentified. It's flying. It's an object. It's a UFO. Doesn't necessarily mean there's life out there or ET is not coming back. But a lot of people are into it. Some people are calling it a distraction to things that are going on in this world. Uh, because you need you need to distract and deflect from the real issues, the border crisis. We've got high gas prices. You've got all these problems going on. Inflation's going to be on the rise, they say. And so uh, just bring in UFOs. And, of course, all the UFO hunters are going nuts because now all of a sudden they've been legitimized. But here's another thing I want to put out there. If aliens did exist, okay, would they really come here? And if aliens did exist, what are the chances of us actually getting in touch with them. If intelligent aliens exist, are they looking for us? What might they find? Well, unless they're actually here already, any aliens trying to figure out what's happening on Earth will have to deal with two big problems. The first is the speed of light. That's what determines how big of an area signals from Earth currently cover. So, for example, we've been transmitting radio waves for around 100 years which means our radio sphere has a radius of roughly 100 light years. And we've been transmitting TV signals for around 60 years, so our TV sphere is a little smaller. A light year is a huge distance, so our electromagnetic footprint might seem really big, but it's only 300 thousandths of 1% of the volume of our galaxy. So unless aliens live on our galactic doorstep, there's just no way for them to have received our signals. But our galactic doorstep is actually pretty big, There are thousands of stars close enough to have theoretically picked up radio transmissions from us. And so far we've found around 14 that have small, probably rocky, planets orbiting in the habitable zones of their stars. Which means... life! Well, maybe. Actually, it only means they might be capable of supporting carbon and water-based life like ours. But in any case, the closest potentially habitable planet that we know about is only around 13 light years away. Which means if there are intelligent aliens there, and they've figured out how to decode our broadcasts, then they're currently enjoying the hit music and TV of 2002. But probably not. That's where the second problem comes in. Anything we broadcast spreads out as it gets further from Earth. That means a signal starting here, measured in watts, will be roughly a trillion times weaker by the time it gets to the moon. By the time it reaches even the nearest potentially habitable planet, that signal will be very, very, very hard to distinguish from noise. There are other ways aliens might know about us, though. They might construct a huge optical lens in space, or even use a black hole or some other really massive object as a gravitational lens. Or they might just do what we do, look at a whole bunch of stars and try to catch them darkening as little planets like ours pass in front. That wouldn't tell them much, but it would tell them there's at least a small, probably rocky planet orbiting in the habitable zone of our star. 
Which is to say, if aliens do exist, it's a pretty safe bet they know as much about us as we know about them. So there you have it. Do aliens exist? Probably not. At least not in the forms that we think. But here's the question I want to I want to pose. So after all that, they get our signal, they know about us, they come to us. What usually happens? Well, in all the movies, it's bad for us. Think about aliens. We go to space and some alien creature eats us all and implant, impregnates us all and more aliens come out. Or Battle LA, at least we won that fight. Or uh, V, the final battle, the V TV series, when those uh, alligator-type creatures came here. Every instance of alien invasion usually turns out bad for us. Two, why is it that out there is more intelligent life than here? And for a lot a lot of my life, I believe that if there was something, I don't believe there's anything out there, but if it was out there, I always question, why is life more intelligent out there? Well, now, today, I would hope life is more intelligent out there. The way things are here today, not so intelligent. And then my final point would be, if aliens out there were more intelligent, knew about us, why would they want to come here? We've given them no reason. All we're going to do is probably screw up their lives. So there's no point in them coming here. They look at us and they probably be like, mm, we'll go someplace else. We'll go anyplace else. We'll take the USS Enterprise the other direction for a five-year voyage. We'll beam other people up, Scotty, not these people, because we give them no reason to. There's no reason for them to come here, right? So as you go through that and you listen to George Norrie or you remember Art Bell and all the moon bats and all that stuff that went on, and that's fun. Sometimes it's fun. I watched the TV show The X-Files. That was, a, that was an exciting time. But again, it's just something that might be fun to talk about, but really, is there anything to it? Probably not. But why is it that the government's doing that? It's a question to be asked. I guess the truth is out there. But more than anything, it's probably just a distraction. Because why all of a sudden is everything being legitimized? I know Trump, Obama, a lot of presidents have put things out there that exist. But then, first of all, nothing's ever come of it. There's been no abductions. Do you know anybody missing? I don't. Technology, well, we don't know about that because it's all government top secret. I know a lot of people talk about Area 51. I know some people could believe in aliens because of religious or uh, spiritual beliefs or maybe history, right? They were talking about uh, something in history, the Mesopotamia plot of Sermone or something like that, uh, history. But the Mayan calendar told us that the world was going to end, and it didn't. So maybe they misinterpret history. Maybe history is incomplete, so they take facts that really aren't full, and they start to believe in aliens? Don't know. But it is interesting. It's fun to talk about. But in the end, I think that piece right there, pretty much uh, for me, all along, not really believing, even further debunks the fact that uh, alien life is out there. And if it is, is it really? NASA thinks that life is, you know, microbes. And they get excited about that. So good for them. But is it really intelligent life? Probably not. Would they come here? I would hope not. Because would they have to be vaccinated if they came here? Would they have to wear a mask? then we wouldn't know what they look like. So I think they'd go someplace else if it really came down to it. But anyways, you can enjoy your uh, UFO talk. You can enjoy your UFO hunts. Go out in the desert. I've seen strange things in the Utah sky at night, the Vegas sky or the Nevada sky at night. It's fun. But the question is, why now? There's always something, always a reason for things. So there you have it. 
Two Steps Ahead podcast. We'd like to thank you for being with us here on this episode. We truly appreciate it. You can send me comments. You can go ahead and email the show at TWO, Two Steps Ahead podcast at gmail.com. Instagram is TWO. Everything is TWO for two, not the number, but the spelled out TWO. Uh, TWO, Two Steps Ahead podcast for Instagram. My personal Instagram is Edem Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. There's a link in each bio. No matter what page you're on, you click the link, options come up. You can go to our YouTube page. You can go to our SoundCloud page. You can subscribe to YouTube and SoundCloud, never miss an episode. You can watch the shows on IGTV. You can download on SoundCloud and take us with you. There's other options there for like um, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts. We're on every platform, so you can just Google us and we pop up. Alexa, Surrey, Google. Play TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and we pop up. There's a merchandise, a swag shop, if you'd like to get Two Steps Ahead Podcast merchandise. Be greatly appreciated. Summer's coming. All kinds of cool things, beachwear, and you've got some drinkware and some dogware. So I've got some cool things, some bags, tote bags and stuff you can take to the beach with you as well. And so uh, it's a cool thing to check out. All different sizes, all different shapes, colors, everything is all right there. We're on RadioWarp.com, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com, 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific time. And then Tuesday nights, currently at 10 p.m. Pacific time, we've got a live version of Two Steps Ahead podcast. And again, Radio Warp is in the link, but Radio Warp, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. So that's going to do it for this show. Thanks for listening. Do tell a friend and reminding you to take your passion, make it happen, and let yourself be great. And we'll see you next time here on Two Steps Ahead podcast, encouraging you to take your passion and make it happen. And most of all, let yourself be great.